Welcome to this week's episode of the Best Player Wins podcast, where we believe winning is winning, no matter by how much or by how little. Uh, I am your host, Jordan Walk, the Dean of the Institute, alongside uh, Jerwin Wolf from Team Positivity. Jerwin, welcome to the show. Excited to be here. Chaos episode. It's happening. Second year in a row. It's almost almost officially a league tradition. It, how, many, how many do we need to have for it to be a league tradition? I, I believe the universal law is three times okay. in a row. And then, yeah. Okay. Uh, Jerwin is not the only person that we have on here today. We have a long, uh, longtime friend of mine, um, Nick Lee. I believe that Nick is going to be the first ever guest outside of the league. And if anyone wants to correct me in the chat, that would be awesome because I'd love to know. But Nick is a, um, a longtime baseball fan. Uh, he has a lot of, he's big into collecting baseball cards, um, any sort of memorabilia. He's big into fantasy. He is a Pirates apologist. And he is also, I would argue, an adjunct professor at the Institute. Nick is a, uh, an opinion in fantasy baseball that I respect quite a lot. Nick, uh, why don't you give yourself a little introduction here? Hey, everyone. First of all, Jordan, Jerwin, thank you both for having me on. It's a big honor to be here. Um, from Jordan, I've heard about this fantasy league for many years now, um, starting off with Glaber Torres being elite. As Glaber Torres is elite. That's right. As soon as he reached the big leagues. Uh, we'll talk about that later once I get to your roster, Jordan. But yeah, it's an honor to be here. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, I should also note, um, Nick actually has listened to the podcast before. He um, told me that he um, listened to the episode where I believe it was, I think it was Jake and Brendan were doing the first two rounds uh, redraft. And after we came up with this idea to have him on, um, have him on the podcast, he actually went through and listened to an episode. So he kind of gets the feel of it and everything. So this man is a, uh, is a dedicated person. So I yeah. am very excited for, for him to be on here and to give his uh, insight. Yeah, just to clarify, that only episode I listened to was, I think it was the first week of June. It might have been June 6th or June 7th, whatever date that was. But I promise I have not listened to a single episode since because I knew (laughs) my segment was coming up where I made predictions. Yeah, Nick, uh, before we get into it, why don't you give yourself a little, uh, so people know your resume a little bit, your fantasy baseball information. Thanks. Yeah, I would say I've been playing fantasy baseball since probably the late 2000s. Um, I remember having Dustin Pedroia on my team the year after he won MVP. Um, so I guess I was like 2008, 2007. Um, I finished second in my fantasy league last year, but it's a it's it's tough to go back into the championship game. I'm only six and five this year, but I would say I checked baseball reference quite a bit. And like you mentioned, I love the Pirates. So I think I'm interested to see how I do on these predictions. And I'm really interested to follow the, the league after this episode as well. Yeah, so um, Nick keeps talking about his predictions. We're going we're gonna to shake up the order of the episode a little bit. So um, I gave Nick everybody's roster um, for this week um, as of Monday. So if you made moves before the week on Monday, but... Um, he has absolutely 
no idea on the standings. He has no idea um, head-to-head record, uh, anything like that. Um, and I also think it's kind of appropriate because after this week, we all will have played each other at least once. So there's no, oh, that person had an easy schedule or anything like that. So Nick, totally blind and based solely on today's roster, is going to go through and predict um, predict what he thinks is the league standings. And then we'll go through, give him the actual order, and then we'll go through and see why he highlighted some teams higher than he did or some teams lower than he did. So I guess to kick it off, Nick, tell me what team you think is in dead last right now. All right, so I went through the rosters last night, and after looking thoroughly over it but not too in-depth, <laughs> I decided that I think, unfortunately, Jerwin, I think right now your team is in last place, in 12th place. Um, do you want me to give you my reasons why, Jordan? Yeah, give me give me the reasons why. Nick gave uh, three three little notes for each team, so I'm excited to dig into these. Awesome. Yeah, I think, Jerwin, don't get me wrong, I think your team definitely has potential. Um, I know this is a keeper league. My first point was I was wondering if DeGrom and Glass now um, are potential keepers for next year, because I think with both of them hurt right now, um, while it looks like this might not be your year, I think you could have strong potential for 2023 and beyond. Um, is that true? Maybe one or two of them can be kept. I'm not too familiar with keeper leagues. Yeah. So, uh, DeGrom I drafted probably a little earlier than he should have gone, but it is a keeper league, so he does have eligibility. Tyler, I uh, I picked up in a in a trade, goodness, a couple weeks ago now. But yes, he is he is a keeper eligible player. Yeah, Jerwin is, is really just heavy on pitchers that he's gonna keep this year. I mean, he, I've talked to him a lot about Jake DeGrom, Tyler Glass now. Um Tariq Skubal, uh, Michael Kopech, who I gave Jerwin a month ago or so. Um, so he's very big into pitcher keepers this year. So Nice. Yeah, I mean, I think um, Michael Kopech has a three behind glass now in Negrom. That's a pretty solid rotation. But I think the reason why I think your team might be struggling this year is just because Joey Votto and Javier Baez at first and middle infield for you have been – down this year and they're not performing to what their expectations normally are so I mean both of them could easily go off based off their resume in the back of their baseball card but I just think at this point um first base and shortstop are lacking a little bit um but I do think one great value pick you had is Ty France I know he recently got hurt I believe but um he's been a great addition to your team I'm sure he wasn't uh I'm sure you're not performing your expectations, Jerome. Also acquired via trade, but yeah. <laughs> wow. And in Jerome's defense, in Jerome's defense, Javier Baez, Jerome, I believe that you added him this week, right? I did. He's yeah. been like hot the last week or two, maybe. So, and I needed a second baseman. So. Yeah, because Ty France, I believe, just went on the injured list. Um, yeah. So I will I will give Jerwin some grace that he does not always have Javier Baez in his lineup, especially in a league that punishes strikeouts. Moving on, though, uh, give me 11th place. So 11th place right now I predicted as Eddie's team. Um, okay. I think for, for me when it comes to Eddie's team, what really jumped out to me was Pete Alonzo and Tommy Edmond, at least in their lineup, um, at least in his lineup it felt like, those two were really um, putting the team on their back. 
Um, don't get me wrong, I love Hayes, but he's been he hasn't been as hot as he was in April. Um, so I just feel like Pete Alonso, don't get me wrong, is having a great year, and so is Tommy Edmund, pretty underrated as well. But I just feel like I couldn't rank Eddie's team higher than 11th based on that. Um, but I also made a note that this team I feel like is pretty young outside of guys like Max Scherzer and uh, Wade Miley. I feel like this team could be good in the years to come since this is a keeper league as well. Um, and I also wanted to point out that Max Scherzer leads starters and who has the most dog in him, which I think is a pretty important stat uh, because that means he has heart, he has passion for the game, and he's going to do everything he can to get Eddie's team a victory. So I think Max Scherzer is the MVP of this team, even though he's been hurt. Yeah, um, the the injury to Max Scherzer has definitely hurt Eddie so far this year because he was – You mean, I mean, Max Scherzer is Max Scherzer. He was – um, absolutely dominant before his injury, but I, I think is it this week or next week he's at least making his last rehab starter actually rejoining the team, if I remember correctly. But he also has, just has a lot of injuries in his rotation right now, um, which is kind of tough to come back from. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, this team definitely has potential, but like I said, I don't know if I could rank them higher than 11th at this given time, but I could definitely be wrong. Okay, we will find out a bit if you are wrong. Let's continue to move 10th place right now. Who do you think is in 10th? So in 10th right now, I have Brendan. Um, I did make a note that if there's one projection that I'm way off on, I think it's this team. I could easily see this team being like fifth, sixth, maybe even higher. But for right now, based off looking over the entire rosters in this league, I have them 10th. Um, I really like the Joe Musgrove pick. Um, He could easily, him or Sandy Alcantara, in my opinion, I feel like could be NL Cy Young at this given time. I know a lot of people get on the Pirates for trading Andrew McCutcheon, Garrett Cole. I think if there was one guy I wish we would have kept, it was probably Joe Musgrove. I know we got back, um, I'm just speaking as a Pirates fan, but I know we got back David Bednar, but I really like that Joe Musgrove pick for him. Um, And I do think this team would be higher in the standings if he had 2017 and 2019 Cody Bellinger, um, I obviously I can't speak for him, but I feel like Brendan's a little disappointed in Cody Bellinger's performance this year. Yeah. Um, Cody Bellinger. I mean, they, they actually talk about him a lot on this podcast, but he's just been such a disappointment for the last like I don't know, two and a half years, basically. Um, but to kind of go back to Joe Musgrove um, in the last, I don't know, maybe two or three weeks, Brendan's actually been making a lot of trades. So, Within the last, well, I guess he has since lost Framber Valdez, but he got Joe Musgrove, Brian Reynolds, and Jordan Alvarez within the last couple weeks. So he, Brendan is making some big moves, and we'll see if they can continue to pay off for him. Um, nice. Yeah, I, that makes me feel even less confident that he's 10, but <laughs> maybe he's better than that now that, I, now that you mentioned that. Yeah. It is, it is tough because, you know, you're predicting one week's worth of just the current roster. But ninth, ninth place now. Who is the ninth? At this moment, I have Scott as the ninth place team in this league. Um, I just want to mention that Harrison Bader being on his team. Um, I am not a Harrison Bader fan. He looks like Jake Paul. They have a lot of the same qualities. I think they could both be assholes. I've been in center field in PNC Park, and I've seen Bader throw a ball. It, over every single fan and into the river when he could have easily given it to a little kid. So he's a great defender, but not a fan of Harrison Bader. 
but who I am a fan of is this team having Wander Franco, Bobby Wood Jr., and Julio Rodriguez. Um, even though I predict them as the ninth best team in this league right now, I think Scott's team has a lot of potential to take off in the second half as those three could easily start really going off, um, maybe become like Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna, that kind of type player. Not that they aren't there already potentially, but um, in terms of really putting up those stats. And I just think this team might be lacking a little bit of pitching. I couldn't rank them higher than ninth. Yeah, you know, uh, Nick, I actually just looked up a picture of Harrison Bader, and it is pretty hilarious how much he does look like uh, look like Jake Paul. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, they both have that curly blonde hair and same face, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Scott's team, we've, we've, they talk about it a lot, too, is just the prospect potential. I mean, um, even uh, Jared Kalanick, who is back, I believe he's still in the minors, but he's just been a disappointment. I think Scott... Um, is having a huge youth movement. But, I mean, you didn't even mention that he has Nolan Arenado still on his team. Um, But with the pitching staff, I mean, Jose Barrios, um, I think he has, like, over five and a half ERA right now, which is um, not really what you expect out of him. You expect him to be a little bit better. But luckily, uh, as we'll touch on later in the episode, Aroldis Chapman should be back, which would give him a big boost in his bullpen. Um, But, okay. Yeah. You don't get me wrong. Love Arenado. We are continuing to move right along here. Um, we're, not, we're now getting into playoff territory. Nick, I don't, know, I don't know if I've talked too much in specifics, but uh, we have an eight-team playoff system, so every team uh, here and forward will be in the playoffs, according to you. Um, okay. So let's start off with your eighth best team. So right now at this given time, I think Justin is the eighth place team in this league. Um, and that's not um, a bad thing necessarily because eight or 12 teams making the playoffs, I think is great. Uh, it keeps more teams involved uh, throughout the entire year. Um, one thing that really stuck out to me with this team is I feel like the lineup can really mash, but there's a lot of strikeouts as well in this lineup. Um, Marcelo Zuna specifically, I feel like he strikes out. He has a high K rate. Um, but I still think this homer, this lineup has a lot of homers in them as well, which could obviously cancel out all those strikeouts. Um, another thing that really stood out to me was um, Joe Ryan, Martin Perez, and Manoa. Those three guys in the, his rotation just have been pretty good this year. I think all of them are kind of underrated. Obviously, a lot of us know that Manoa has great stuff, but I think those three are pretty much the heartbeat of his team, at least the rotation. And then my final bullet point I made was Lance Lynn, J.P. Crawford, Josh Donaldson, and Marcel Ozuna. Those four just struck me as guys that get mad a lot. <laughs> I mean, we saw J.P. Crawford kind of get in, throw some punches in the brawl that took place on Sunday. I know that'll be touched on later this episode. Um, Lance Lynn as well. He, I know he's been in a lot of arguments with umpires. Um, Josh Donaldson and Marcel Ozuna, they've been involved in their controversies. So I know it's not saying that this team is eighth or whatever, but that's one thing that struck out as me. They got that dog in them, I guess. Fun fact about uh, Josh Donaldson. I am blocked by him on Twitter for something I said in like 2014 or something like that. I don't remember (laughs) exactly what it was, but I am blocked by Josh Donaldson on Twitter. Good to know. Um, Well, I think that you touched on it too. I mean, if you look at the pitching staff that Justin has, I really think that, it's one of the most underrated in the league. I mean, um, 
you know, he just picked up um, Paul Sewold from who I had dropped, but he was very competent in uh, in relief. But I mean, other than Walker Bueller being out, I think until mid-August, September, something like that. I don't remember off the top of my head, but he still has a very good rotation, even missing um, the guy who he picked with his uh, first round pick. Um, and hopefully they can continue to lead him um, to the promised land, honestly. But so continuing along here, seventh place. All right. So for seventh place, I have Mike in seventh place right now. Um, what really stuck out, stuck out to me with this team is having Otani, John Carlos Stanton, O'Neill Cruz. And I know he hasn't played a game yet this year, but Fernando Tatis, those four, I mean, all four of those guys, you have to like stop what you're doing and watch and just sit down and watch them on TV. Those four guys are all very electric players. Um, I know Tatis, like I said, hasn't played this year. O'Neill Cruz has only been up like less than two weeks, but man, this team is electric and really has potential for sure. So I have them at seventh right now. Um, I also wanted to throw this out there. I am not too big of a fan of Noah Syndergaard because he's made fun of the Pirates before multiple times on Twitter. Um, if anyone wants a Noah Syndergaard autograph card, hit me up. Uh, whatever best offer you give me, I'll listen to it. <laughs> but I also think that this team struck me as being as middle in the pack, not the best team, but not the worst team by any means. So I thought seventh was appropriate. I, I, I remember you getting very upset about um, Noah Syndergaard. I think it was, I think it might've been 2020 where he posted a video of him on what is the MLB TV and he's looking for a game to watch. He's like, Oh, the pirates. Yep. That's pretty much the main reason. <laughs> there was just no reason for that comment. So lost a lot of respect from him that day. Okay. Okay. But no, don't get me wrong. I mean, Noah Syndergaard was pitching well in April. And I also think Carlos Rodon and Pablo Lopez for this team, um, for Mike's team, have been really well this year. So I think that if Lopez and Rodon can keep it up, then this team can definitely make a run in the playoffs. An interesting point I'll add is that like Cruz, Otani, and Rodon, uh, all three guys that you mentioned were acquired in uh like selling team trades those are all like keeper eligible guys that mike picked up so you've got him you've got him making the playoffs even though he's he's uh selling off his team for next year but mike's gonna have an electric team next year i think with those three at his core yeah that should be interesting to watch play out okay we're approaching the top half of the league so we're getting down to business here. Number six, Nick Lee. All right. So at number six, I have the man, the myth, the legend, Jordan Walk himself. Jordan, I have you right in the middle of the pack right now. Um, but I think that your team can definitely be better than that. I could be totally off base here. Um, you have Mookie Betts. I know he just got a little banged up. But Jazz Chisholm, Rafael Devers, they can easily be starting in the All-Star game this year. Um, I just wanted to mention, I know I talked about it when I first got on, but the reason why I know about this league is Jordan's been mentioning Glaber Torres being elite um, for the past four years, I'd say now. And um, I don't get me wrong. I think Glaber Torres is a solid player, but just wanted to point out his OPS of being 0.768 away from Yankee Stadium just makes him pretty solid in my eyes. But we'd love to hear a rebuttal from Jordan. 
Well, you know, luckily he plays in uh, Yankee Stadium, which is a uh, his ballpark. But I think that this, I mean, obviously he absolutely sucked in 2020 and 2021, but um, I think he's been trending more in the right direction in 2020. I read some articles of him trying to get back to his 2019 play approach, being more aggressive. Um, and so I still love me some Glaber. Um, it's, it's interesting that you do talk about uh, Mookie Betts. Just to give you some league context, um, I actually traded – uh, Joe Musgrove to Brendan in a big blockbuster deal um, to get Mookie Betts as the main piece back. So, and then he went on IL uh, like five days after I got him. Wow, that really is a blockbuster blockbuster trade. I love to see it. Um, but yeah, so obviously I would hope to have uh, three three players on my team start in the All Star game, but we'll see. Jazz, I think, is hurt right now, too. He hasn't played in, like, four days. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Jazz is good for the game of baseball, so hopefully he's back in your lineup soon. Like, obviously, he's in your lineup this week, but yeah, he's in my hopefully he's back week. healthy. I wasn't sure what to do this week because him and Gleyber Torres both, like, had missed a couple games in a row, and it seemed like they were going to go on on maybe IL or something, but I just threw Jazz in there as a hope to, that he gets uh, better quickly. On to, uh, on to number five, I think we are at. The fifth best team in the league, Nick. Yes, that'd be correct. Um, right now I have Jake um, pegged as the fifth best team in this league, but I think his team definitely has a lot of talent. I mean, at its core, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Juan Soto, easily two of the, the best ten hitters in the league. You can argue two of the best five, maybe, at any given point. They were, not to get too deep into it, but last year, I don't know if they were on his team, but they were probably two of the best three hitters in the game last year, Juan Soto and Vlad Jr. So I could be underestimating Jake's team in fifth. Um, one thing I also noticed with his roster is he loves the 2017 Astros with Carlos Correa, Altuve, Verlander, and Charlie Morton. Um, so that, that makes me question if Jake is also a cheater in this league. But don't get me wrong, I've, I've met him. He's a great guy. And I, go ahead. I think that you bring up a great point. I think that uh, I think that the people listening would love to have an investigation into Jake's success um, in the league if he is a big uh, 2017 Astros guy. I believe he's actually an, he uh, was I should say was an Astros fan up until the big scandal, but maybe that rubbed off rubbed off on him, which helped him start uh, a little bit of his Deemer dynasty from a few years back. But I mean, you're absolutely right. Uh, when you look at Jake's team and, you know, the last time I was on the podcast, I was very vocal about how much I hated Jake's team, but um, <laughs> you're exactly right, Nick. I mean, two automatic players in baseball, Juan Soto and, and Vlad Guerrero Jr. have not been, um, have not been their elite selves yet this year. I mean, so it is scary to think about how good Jake's team could ultimately get if, um, if those guys um, return even close to their former selves. For sure, they could really his team could really take off in the second half here. Getting to teams you predict uh, could be in the semifinals. Number four, who do you have? All right, so at number four, I have Sam's team. Uh, first thing that jumped out at me is David Bednar being the second best reliever in baseball this year, in my opinion. Besides, maybe third actually after Clay Holmes and Josh Hader, but. I uh, just wanted to point out an important stat with David Bednar leading relievers and who has the most dog in him, just like Max Scherzer was leading the starters. 
Is uh is that a stat on Baseball Reference? I know you're a Baseball Reference guy. Is who has the most dog in him a stat? Yeah. So if you actually go down, um, scroll down on each player profile page, you can see it in the Sabermetrics uh, portion of it. Okay, I'll have to look into that. Maybe yeah, a class on dogs at the institute. <laughs> I love it. Um, another great thing here with this team is Corbin Burns, Dylan Cease, Garrett Cole. In no particular order, those those three are probably the best one, two, and three in this league. Um, but at the same time, I couldn't rank Sam higher than fourth because unlike the other three teams we'll get to, um, I don't think he has an MVP candidate in his lineup. Okay, very fair. Good analysis by uh, Nick. Now we're getting to our our uh, bronze trophy winner, Nick. All right. So I do have to say, like, picking between, I'd say, the top six, the seven was very tough. Spent a lot spent a lot of time thinking about it. Right now in third, I have Courtney. Um, Got to start with Aaron Judge, Bryce Harper. Um, I used to be a Bryce Harper hater when he was a national, but he's really come around and I've respected his game more. Um, Aaron Judge, Bryce Harper two of the best players in baseball so far this year. Got to hope she got to hope that Bryce Harper comes back as soon as possible for sure. Um, I saw that he's out six to eight weeks. Um, so in his place, you got to hope, I think, for Tyler O'Neill to really put up his 2021 numbers. It's been a down year for Tyler O'Neill. So if he really gets going here after the All-Star break, that would be a big help in Harper's absence. Uh, and one other thing I'd like to point out with this roster is Zach Greinke is one of the most fascinating baseball players in the game today. If you haven't seen it already, look up Baseball Doesn't Exist, Zach Greinke. Uh, there's a really in-depth video about the character of Zach Greinke, and it's truly fascinating. So I just wanted to throw in that one little tidbit. Did you see, um, I think it was last week maybe, the video of him. I don't know if it was a video or just a picture or the caption, but of him taking the ball from somebody who wanted a signature and just chucking it across the field. Is that real or was that just a a meme or did you see that? Yeah. I mean, if you watch that video, um, it wouldn't be shocking. I just saw the picture. I think it was like you mentioned uh, from a couple of days ago, maybe like over the weekend series, but um, that's really sad if it was actually a kid just looking for an autograph. So I hope uh, Zach uh, wasn't too much of a jerk to him. Yeah. And going back to Aaron judge, I feel like, um honestly i feel like on the podcast we're underrating him not just because i feel like his name is not being mentioned a lot i mean you you guys know i'm a big uh, baseball savant guy I'm, I'm looking at his profile right now i mean 99th percentile or better in exit velocity max exit velocity um expected weighted on base percentage um expected batting average expected slugging bearable percentage every single advanced stat he is just literally the 99th percentile or better he's just on an absolute tear right now and it's going to be it's going to be crazy to see what kind of deal he gets i mean i don't really know the the finances in uh, on the yankees right now but i mean they have the garrett cole deal they have the john carter stanton deal um can they afford an aaron judge deal i I don't mean i know they're the yankees but like it's got it's got to be massive right yeah, I think he's due for a big deal. Um, we'll see if he takes a hometown discount. Um, I don't think he would go to a team like the Dodgers because they just shelled out a lot of money for both Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman over the last two off seasons. But we'll see what happens. I, I think he'll 
uh, come to terms eventually with the Yankees. But another team to keep an eye out for is the San Francisco Giants out on the West Coast. Ah, okay. Well, but, uh, I know that the two teams that are left are anxiously awaiting to see who gets their name called next. Nick, right. give me the silver medalist. That's right. Yeah, we're down to our final two. And the silver medalist at this time, I know there's a lot of baseball left, but I have Nick's team as the second uh, best record at this very moment. Um, one thing I got to mention is if Trey Turner is your fourth best hitter after Mike Trout, Machado, and Acuna, then you're doing something right. And I think you're a pretty elite team, uh, regardless of who's on your pitching staff. Um, another thing to mention, I think Aaron Nola is having a pretty quiet year this year for the Phillies. Um, I know Zach Wheeler was in the top three in the NL Cy Young voting last year, but Aaron Nola has been pretty solid this year. I feel like he was projected to do better a few years ago, but he's quietly been, um, I wouldn't say silencing the haters, but Nola has been having a very solid year in his rotation. And I also love his closer, Edwin Diaz. Um, if you haven't already, check out his entrance song when he comes out of the bullpen. It is absolutely electric. What song does he play? Uh, it's a, it's like a mariachi band or something oh, really? like that. Yeah, it's a, just it's like trumpets playing. It's pretty, it's wow. pretty hype. I'll have to watch a YouTube video. Yeah, definitely recommend that. All right. Well, last but certainly not least, Nick, announce the final team. All right, so in first place at this given time, I think that team is Nate's team. Um, just a well-balanced roster all across the board, leading off with Paul Goldschmidt, who's right now the NL MVP, and Jose Ramirez. If it wasn't for Aaron Judge, I think Jose Ramirez would also be the AL MVP. So you can make an argument Nate has two of the three best hitters in baseball at this given time, at least in my eyes. Um, definitely ar- different arguments could be made. Um, I also think Josh Hader is the best reliever in baseball. He's the hardest to hit. I've watched him many times as a Pirates fan. He is just so, so tough, um, especially getting those strikeouts in fantasy. That's so valuable. Um, and I even mentioned his rotation yet of uh, Sandy Alcantara, Kershaw, Logan Webb, and uh, Nestor Cortez. This rotation's deep. I think this is just the best team in baseball and best team in this fantasy league. But I'm interested to see if I'm right or wrong. Yeah, I mean, you're you're looking at a team like Nate's, and he, he has Liam Hendricks on IL right now. I mean, he has the you, – you didn't even touch on the depth at pitching that he has. I mean, um, yeah, you're right. Nate has an incredibly complete team. He um, didn't even talk about Alejandro Kirk, who Nate has been obsessed with for the last, like, three weeks or something. But now to get to the results, Nick, how many teams do you think that you got right? Oh, I'll say – I went three for 12. You would be wrong. You went one for 12. Oh, wow. I knew this is tough. This was very tough. Um, I'm just going to run down real quick. Um, just list them off in reverse order. Um, Scott is in 12th. Mike, 11th. Jerwin, 10th. Brendan, 9th. Eddie, 8th. Justin, 7th. Jake, 6th. Courtney, 5th. Sam fourth, myself in third, Nate in second, Nick in first. Okay. So, so you were I'll... pretty close on a lot of them. You were like one off on a lot of them. Two teams that you were really high on, but actually are a lot lower in the standings were both Mike and Scott. You had, um, you were over 
too off for both of them. I think that Mike actually was the furthest off in either direction. And then um, two teams that you were low on that were better than expected was Eddie's team and myself. Uh, you had Eddie in 11th, but he had a couple spots better in 8th. And then you had me in 6th, where I'm actually in uh, third place right now. So overall, pretty good. Um, we wanted you to do this just as a fun little, um, you know, get an outsider's opinion on the league. So, I mean, hearing, hearing an outsider think that my team is in sixth place, i got to, you know, see maybe if I need to make a move or something to, to get better on paper. Or, I don't know, maybe a guy like, um, I think Jake had a little bit higher than he actually was. Maybe he needs to, uh, maybe he needs to make a couple moves to get better as well. I don't know. but Or maybe yeah. he needs to be patient. But. No, this, this segment was fun. Uh, Jordan and Jared, when I both owe you an apology for underestimating the position yes. of both your teams. So I apologize to both of you. That's it's, what I thought. <laughs> yeah, total slander for positivity and research from our guest host. Honestly, um, he hasn't he hasn't hindered my vibes. I'm I'm good. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, Nick, thank you for doing that. I hope I hope that the people listening enjoyed uh, just a very brief uh, outside opinion about their team but now that nick knows uh what's going on in the world of this league let's uh do our prior week recap jerwin what do you think let's do it give me uh give me one of your two big takeaways from uh last week sure i'm pretty sure i said something very similar to this the last time i was on the podcast but i want to highlight again the new era we're in uh for this league um the league being as competitive as it is this season and i think it's going to continue to remain a really high level of competitiveness uh over the next few years Uh, i think that trend continues and we see a greater diversity of names at the top of the standings and the championship podium year after year from now on i feel like that's the uh Joey Otani is special. Take a drink. I feel like that is that is definitely true now more than ever. Uh, one of mine. I don't think that anybody actually wants uh, the last wild card spot. Teams in the hunt in the last wild card spot, which I consider Eddie, Jerwin, and Brendan, all lost last week. Um, Eddie and Jerwin both are on uh, a decent losing streak. While Brendan beat me uh, the week before, but I, does anyone want that spot? I mean, if the other two want to give it away i'll i'll take it but just you know call me all right what about your second takeaway yeah so my second takeaway i think at last we have a clear top and bottom six in the league the top teams being nick nate sam jordan jake courtney and jc i think um uh, do you do you think that any of the other six teams have a chance of breaking into that that top tier i think i would say no because you have listed here seven top teams oh man so do we have i would we could have a clear top seven and five i included i included justin well i think the good vibes good vibes to justin then but i'll ignoring that mistake i think that justin i mean if, if you want to do top six bottom six i think that justin has a more than capable team right now i think that his team's actually underrated a lot 
Um, I would say top seven and bottom five, honestly. I'd be surprised if these are not the top seven teams in five weeks in any particular order. Um, My second big takeaway, um, Juggernaut Nate is back. And I say that in quotes because we've known this for a while, but um, he currently has a 15-7 and record, which is tied for the best in the West. Um, He's on a 12-game win streak. It's crazy that people thought he might be dead at three and seven just a month ago. So good job, Nate, um, managing your, your team. I feel like um, Nate is one of those guys that he just never has rebuilding years. I mean, he, I feel like, is always fighting for not just a playoff spot, but um, a, the top team in the league year in and year out. And I don't think that he gets enough credit for that. As a rival, I say that. As a, as a rival, I respect Nate. Um, couldn't couldn't imagine thinking Nate Nate was just done for early in the season. That, I mean, that would have been a that would have been a yikes take. He was he was three and seven dead in the water, but he has done a fantastic job. So credit to him. Never in doubt. Never in doubt. Um, I'm going to switch it up this this week as we Jerwin in your main takeaway you kind of talked about. We have a clear top now, I think. So let's transition into uh, into the wild card standings. In seventh place, we have the NFTs. Um, their record, I should have written this down. I apologize, but the NFTs have a record of, drumroll, 12 and 10. Oh, I did write them down. Okay, 12 and 10. Eddie in eighth, gone forever at eight and 14. Brendan in ninth, ass in the jackpot, seven and 15. And Jerwin pulling up to the rear in 10th place, 7 and 15. So, like I said, does anyone want that um, eighth, wild, eighth seed, the second wild card spot? Um, I think it's going to be a battle between those three teams for the rest of the season. Uh, now we're going to get to everyone's favorite segment, uh, Jerwin's Hot Takes. Jerwin. All right. We're, we're going to do this like last year. I'm going to give my take and Jordan and Nick, feel free to also give your feedback on this. Uh, you're going to tell me hot or cold, my take, whether you think it's a good one or a bad one. So my first hot take of the 2022 season. Nick and Nate have the two hottest teams in the league. We know the history of both. Nate constantly has a powerhouse that has so far fallen short And Nick, on the other hand, went on a historically lucky run in his first season in the league and won the whole thing. This season, however, roles will be reversed and Nick will fall victim to the curse of losing early in the playoffs. And Nate will break his losing streak, becoming league champion for the first time in the keeper era. I I love this one. I think that it's very, very doable. I think that Nate is easily a top title contender. And I mean, we saw last year, uh, I'm pretty sure both of the division winners lost uh, in the first one last year. So I think it's definitely within the realm of possibility for Nick to lose early in the playoffs. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with Jordan here. I, I think um, both of those are definitely a possibility. Um, it should be interesting to see how it plays out because I feel like while both of these are the two top teams, um, one team has more of a veteran presence compared to the other, but I'm excited to see, uh, hear from Jordan, how the league plays out from here. All right. Moving on to take number two. As we all know, 
Jordan has embraced a new managing style this season, hashtag research, which has proven to be highly effective. However, his big money move, which saw Mookie Betts joining his roster, has already had its troubles with the superstar hitting the IL with a rib injury. Even if Betts returns for a playoff push, more injuries will ultimately crush the Institute and lead to a semifinals loss to Nate. I hate this take. Um, although it is funny, Nate and I were messaging a week ago or so about how the league uh, needs and deserves a Jordan-Nate rivalry in the semifinals. Um, I mean, as long as Mookie Betts is healthy by mid-August, he could miss all of July for all I care. I mean, I'm very likely going to make the playoffs at this point, I think. Um, uh, and, you know, Jarrow and I think that you're rooting for people to be injured, which is never what you want to do as a sports person. So I will, uh, I will hate this take and say cold. I also agree with Jordan. I think this take is kind of a cold take. Um, when it comes to Mookie Betts, we know he'll be getting ready for the playoffs as well as Freddie Freeman. Um, I'm sure both of them will be healthy come September. Freddie Freeman's always been pretty consistent. Mookie Betts doesn't get hurt um, a ton either. So I think both of them, as long as well as Devers, I, and Marcus Simeon hasn't even taken off yet for Jordan. I think those four will be leading the playoff charge for Jordan come September. Thank you, Nick. All right. I, just just a friendly reminder to everyone uh, on the podcast and listening. We forgot to mention at the top, but my scores for last year were six, six and a half points out of 10 on my takes. So all of these are guaranteed correct based on my track record. That math checks out. Don't, don't, don't question me. Take number three. Sam has a was the odds-on favorite after the draft this season. But a tough stretch in early June has seen him slip to fourth overall and three games behind Nick for the division lead in the East. I believe Sam has us right where he wants us. While we overlook his team right now, the haters will be shocked to find him in the championship opposite Nate for a thrilling finish to the season. Okay, a Sam-Nate finish. Um, Yeah, I mean... If we're going by all of your takes are always correct, I think that Sam is the clear uh, the clear favorite if Nick were to lose early. And I do think that Sam's team is being underappreciated on this podcast. So I'll, I'll agree. I think this is a good take as well by Jerowin. I agree with Jordan. Um, like I mentioned, Corbin Burns, Dylan Seas, Garrett Cole, that rotation could take you deep into the playoffs for sure. So it wouldn't shock me at all if Sam's in the championship. All right, take number four. Courtney has a reputation for low trade numbers, but this year, to solidify her spot in the playoffs and a championship conversation, she will land the blockbuster of the season by the deadline, giving her quality over quantity in the trade department. Uh, I I don't think the Courtney will make another move, although Bryce Harper did just uh, get surgery, so... Or is planning to, but I don't see this one happening. Yeah, that's kind of what my thought was as well, Jordan, was um, to land a block, make a blockbuster trade. I feel like she would have to deal Bryce Harper right now while he's hurt, see what she can get back for him. So I don't know, maybe she can go for more rotation help because I feel like she has a pretty good lineup. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens, I guess. But yeah, like I said, I had Courtney third, so she has a pretty good team on her hands. I'm I'm very excited for 
for the group chat when this comes true and everything, everyone just loses their mind. Anyways, take number five. Jake has been a powerhouse in the league for a long time, but this is the season the wheels fall off. His buying moves have disappointed thus far, and I'll get into that a little later, and will continue to do so. He will end the season fighting for a wild card spot and have a disappointing first round exit for the second season in a row. His championship window is already closed and trying to pry it back open with the trade crowbar will only make it hurt worse when it slams down on his fantasy fingers. I speak for the entire league when I say amen. I have, I said it earlier. I've been very vocal about Jake's team not being good. I say this as I am playing him right now, but I do not think that Jake's team is very good. I'll stand up for Jake here. I think four words, well, actually five. Vlad Guerrero Jr., Juan Soto. That's all he needs. He'll be fine. Nick, the, right, not I only think... a pirate apologist, but a Jake Beamer apologist. <laughs> I guess so. Listen, those, those two are very... Those two could be the face of baseball in two, three years if they aren't already. They could be the face of baseball still in like 10 years. True. Very true. I think that was the, the first split we've had on, on these takes. Yeah, I definitely disagree with you guys on that one. I'll stand up for Jake. Well, I'm, I'm sure he'll appreciate it. And who knows? Maybe we need a, a new owner next year because we have cursed franchises and whatnot anyways on to take number six jc is the odds-on favorite for fourth place and the first overall pick next season this is just my opinion that's part one of the take he's going to finish in fourth place i think he's just got the team to make the playoffs win one and then get get that uh draft pick Second part of the take, he will capitalize on the opportunity and be first place in the league by this time next year. Okay. I, I, I texted this to Jerwin when I saw him writing these down, in, which I watched in real time and it was electric. Um, Justin is currently in seventh, so I'm confused as to how he is the odds-on favorite to be in fourth place. I feel like technically that should well, be Sam. So- the fourth fourth place is you win in the first round, lose, and then lose in the yes, winner's but consolation. Saying that he is the odds on favorite for fourth I, place. You I could just, say finish in fourth place. Um I just but, think I just think he has a team that is good enough to get something done in the playoffs, but not good enough to get a lot done in the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. Justin's definitely Justin definitely has an interesting team. Um, I think a lot's going to ride on Walker Bueller's health when he comes back from injury. Um, we'll see what happens. I think I think Joe Ryan, Martin Perez, uh, Alex Mello, they have to continue pitching well if he wants a chance at the playoffs, in my opinion. Oh, all right. Take number seven, uh, Eddie 
will not win this wild card race and will in fact be a seller at the deadline this year. I will be taking a, an ultimate loss on my last standing prediction from last season, but I can only report the facts moving forward. I I do agree with this. I mean, I think that it's a shame that Eddie's just had such a fall um, in June uh, really sparked by losing out on Max Scherzer. But I mean, e- even the record that he has now, I mean, he had that stack correct, not the stack correction, the air to go 2 0 against Nate. Um, I just really am not, not seeing enough to kind of bolster him forward. And he's not making moves like, um, like Brendan has made um, or that you have made. I mean, I think as of right now, I think that Brendan will be the eighth team. Sorry, Jerwin, but I think. Yeah, I hate the term um, this year's X, but I think that we could see Brendan be this year's Sam from last year with this really coming on strong, selling, developing a good keeper pool of solid players and then being a top dog, as Nick would say, uh, next year. So I'm excited to see what you have for Brendan. Yeah, well, uh, my take for his team is up right now well up next nick did you have any thoughts on on eddie's team yeah i think um kind of like walker bueller for justin i think um the future of this team kind of depends on what max scherzer uh can do whenever he comes back i know um i think max scherzer should be back relatively soon obviously i think before Degrom, but um yeah this it should be an interesting is it the positive trade deadline for you guys already no, uh, the trade deadline is at the end of July, I believe. I'm not sure the exact date. Yeah, it's right ago. around the actual MLB deadline. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I can, I can see him going, uh, making a lot of tough calls at the trade deadline. He'll have to think about it a lot. All right. Well, moving on to take number eight, my take for Brendan. Uh, he has a bunch of high-profile keepers currently on his roster. Most notable is Joe Musgrove, who was rated as a top-five keeper on this very podcast. However, drafted in the same round this year by Brendan himself is Adley Rutschman, who seems to be figuring things out of late. I want to say it was three and a half points per game over the last uh, 14 days, so getting pretty hot, very, very high-rated uh prospect i think number one overall in baseball uh i say rutchman continues to shine and by the end of the season is clearly a better option from 13th round over joe musgrove that is crazy bold i i would love to see that uh just for the orioles sake um but i also think that would be crazy just thinking about the the fact that um the Joe Musgrove could be possibly available in the keeper expansion. I mean, whoever gets the first pick there would that'd be electric to watch. I agree with Jerowin here. Um, I think at the end of the day, Ali Rutschman needs to be the pick over Joe Musgrove. Um, don't get me wrong, I love Musgrove. He's been pitching great this year, but there's other elite starting pitching available out there. Um, you don't really get a top prospect catcher like Allie Rutschman every single day. Um, I think for a keeper league, you do, every, you do everything you can to keep him on your team because 
based off everything we've heard in the minors and what the Orioles potential can be in the next few years, um, especially at the catcher position where, you know, I feel like it's lacking. It's not like it's first base, third base, shortstop, outfield deep. I think you got to hold on to Rutschman and get an advantage of that position. All right. Uh, just a, a note on what Jordan said there, there's probably, that's not the only conflict on, on Brendan's roster. And there are a lot of guys in the 13th round, not just on Brendan's team. And there's, there's going to be a, a really solid selection. I think next year at the, at the keeper expansion draft, there's, there's going to be some, some good names to grab uh, moving on however to pick number nine for my team uh my take is my team is a playoff team and a giant slayer that giant is nick um i am disagreeing solely from the fact that i think that brendan will take the eighth seed Yeah, Jared, I'm I'm sorry. I might have to disagree with that unless like Jacob Degrom pitches two two starts that week. Um, I just feel like Trout Acuna would be tough to overcome. Like I mentioned, Manny Machado, I'm assuming would be healthy and playing well. Then he's had a really good track record. Uh, unfortunately, it might be uh, too much to overcome. But I underestimated you in the current standing, so I apologize in advance if it happens this year for real and i i hope you i'm i'm rooting for your team to to do well this year jerry when don't think i'm hating on it your vibes only only fuel my own uh going on <laughs> to uh take number 10 mike oh this is this is by far my hottest take i'm very excited about it uh, Nick, you might not have a lot of context for this one, but that's okay. We'll soldier through. Mike has had enough. After being dragged for the C.J. Abrams trade in the GM, he will be changing his ways moving forward and will land within the old trade limit of five total before the deadline next season. This will also result in a return to the playoffs for his team next year. This is the worst take of all of them as as we were recording, which we'll get to this in probably like a minute, big time trade from Big Money Mike. I'm excited to break it to you in like a minute, Jerwin. As soon as we finish this segment, we're going to get to it. Oh my goodness. Well, let's get this through this last take because I, I see now it written out and wow. Uh, take number 11. Scott has had a much debated approach to keepers. I, for one, am not a fan of gathering unproven prospects as keepers in this league when currently producing options are still out there. Uh, but next year, Scott will prove us all fools by sticking to his young guns and seeing his future stars become real-time contributors on his way to his first playoff performance. I'm, I'm picking him for the playoffs again next year. Scott, don't let me down again. Do not screw it up, Scott. I mean, if, if Scott comes back to the playoffs, I mean, on the backs of Wander Franca, Julio Rodriguez, and Bobby Way, I mean, that's not only good for him, but that's also going to just going to be awesome for baseball. I mean, three electric guys. Um, and I, I, I hope that he plans on keeping all of them. Um, maybe 
you know, kind of get it. They're still, you know, getting some learning experience and everything. So hopefully next year they have an even bigger breakout. I mean, we saw Julio Rodriguez this year kind of start slow, but he's coming in to form a little bit more. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if these guys are keepers, but we haven't even mentioned uh, reigning NL Rookie of the Year, Jonathan India and Spencer Torkelson. Um, you guys can give me some feedback on that. But um, just the fact that his team's so young, I'd love for Scott's team to be a playoff team next year for sure. Yeah, um, I'm not sure what round he drafted India in, but um, I think that he'll. I think that he has a, a high chance of keeping at least uh, Wander Franco, Julio Rodriguez, and Bobby Witt. And I'm not sure off the top of my head what round Spencer Torkelson's in either. But he also has Mackenzie Gore and George Kirby in his pitching staff. So, I mean, it's a it's a youth movement for Scott. Yeah, this team's going to be a problem in the future for sure. Well, I think that uh, that wraps up Jerwin's hot takes, which will, uh, as always, be 100% correct. Um, I am pumped to talk about this. We had, as I was, as we were recording, um, it broke whenever, I don't know what time it actually was, but I noticed it when we were going over the wildcard standings and I had to check fan tracks to see what everyone's standings were, even though I already updated the doc. Um, Brendan and Big Money Mike have made a trade. Live reaction from me, Jerwin, and Nick. Ass in the jackpot, Brendan's team trading Luis Severino, Freddie Peralta, and Brian Reynolds to Big Money Mike for Jamison Tyon and Carlos Rodon. Um, it's just real quick, uh, for Nick's sake, like all of these guys are drafted relatively late to where their performance is currently at. So, uh, all of these guys with maybe the exception of Brian Reynolds, probably pretty decent keepers. Carlos Rodon's perhaps one of the best keepers in the league. Uh, Jamison Tyone. Uh, picked last in the draft. Uh, he's had like a solid season, so maybe at the discount he's worth it. Luis Severino, I believe, is the 11th round this past year. Freddie Peralta, the 12th round. Um, so yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of keepers moving uh, in this one. I. Um... Yeah, so I'm I'm looking at it right now. Luis Severino was drafted in the 11th round. Jerwin, I know that you've been doing more keeper stuff. Is that a three round bump, or I can't remember? Yeah, so he'll be available in uh, the eighth next year. Freddie Peralta will be available in the ninth. Uh, Carlos Rodon, I want to say. Carlos Rodon, I'm looking it up right now, was drafted in the 21st. 21st. So he'll be 17th round next year, I believe. And same with Brian Reynolds. They were both drafted in the same round. And then Jameson Tyon was drafted in the last round. Um, I'm I'm, I'm trying to digest this right now. I mean, Freddie Peralta, I think getting rid of him makes a ton of sense for Brendan because Shane Baz is in the same round as him. Jerwin, we've talked about that extensively. Um, I'm without digging into their, into their teams too much right now. I mean, I love this for Brendan, I think. 
Brendan is this year, Sam. I'm going with that. I love this for Brendan. Yeah, I, 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 I love Mike. He's a great owner in this league. He provides so much content, so much content, constantly trading, constantly making moves. I just don't understand why he's getting rid of Rodon when he's selling. Like I get, I get Severino and Peralta are both decent keepers, but Rodon is the best player in this trade and the best keeper at the same time. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm, I'm, I'm stunned right now. I'm like speechless at the fact that we, but I, I guess, I guess Brendan wants the last playoff spot. I, I, I think that's our answer. Yeah. I mean, this is a huge move for Brendan. I think, I mean, it's pretty clear that, that Mike um, has sold, sold. Um, but I mean, just looking at, at Brendan's team now, I mean, I think that if I'm, you, Jerwin, or if I'm Eddie, I mean, Brennan is this year Sam, and I, I love saying that. But I mean, his roster right now is exciting. To uh, I mean, he he low key doesn't have a terrible, um, doesn't have a terrible starting pitching staff right now. I mean, right next week, as of right now, Shane Baz, Tristan McKenzie, Joe Musgrove, Cardos Rodon, Jamison Tyon. I mean, that's a pretty decent uh, starting lineup. Yeah, Patrick Sandoval, Drew Rasmussen uh, on the bench. Yeah. I mean, he, he's got – he could ha- – I think he's starting all Sparps against me this week. So he's definitely <laughs> he's definitely got a volume play going. And again, Adley Rutschman is turning it on. He doesn't have, like, the worst offense. Yeah in the world with Jordan Alvarez and, and Rutschman, if he, if he continues to, to perform. What, uh, what, what's uh, Brendan's current standings again? Like where's he at in the standings? He, he's in ninth place right now. I believe he's going back. He is uh, a one game back. So Nick, the way our, our league works is there's two matchups per week. You have your head to head matchup and then you have, a matchup against the median. So if you're in the top six scoring teams, you get a win. If you're in the bottom, uh, you get a loss. So he's what I would call half a week behind uh, the last playoffs team. Gotcha. Yeah, it would not shock me at all if he becomes uh, one of those last playoff teams for sure. That was a my, whenever you read off that trade, my jaw dropped. So I think this is great for the health of this league that these trades are coming in before the deadline. How right. how providential of a a massive blockbuster trade to drop in the middle of the recording of the chaos episode? Yeah, <laughs> what a blessing! Wow. Okay. Oh, let's uh, let's keep this thing moving. Uh, we're getting into our matchup preview for next week. Um, rivalry week. What what fantasy sports is all about? Newfound league rivalry. Jerwin versus Brendan facing off. Wild card stakes on the line. Um, I wrote down this cliche. It does not get any better than this. Jeremy. I mean, I, I'm I'm excited. I haven't had like a real rivalry in this league yet, so this this is gonna. I, I'm 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 pumped. All right, uh, matchup predictions. Uh, if I'm being honest, I, I I didn't go back and look and see how Eddie. I'm mean, not how Eddie. How uh, 
how Nate and Jake did on their picks. So I apologize. I cannot give an update, but let's get right into ours. Um, Jake's fancy baseball team versus the walk Institute of research. I have my team winning the walk Institute of research because Jake's team sucks. Yeah. I, I also have the same. Nick, you want to chime in? Or are you taking this one off? Um, I think Freddie Freeman is going to come out swinging for you, uh, Jordan, because he's pretty upset about um, the Atlanta situation and how his name might have been um, muddied in the water with uh, his agent. So I think Freddie Freeman's going to rake for you this week, Jordan. Okay. Um, next, we have Freedom All Stars, which is Nick's team against Gone Forever, Eddie's team. I have uh, no surprise here. I mean, number one team in the league, Freedom All Stars against a struggling Eddie. Yeah, I also have Nick, and I have to be rooting for Nick this week because uh, I, I, despite uh, Brendan's declaration that he wants the playoff spot, I also want the playoff spot. So, yeah, I think Nick wins this week. All right, uh, we've agreed on everything so far. I'd be surprised if we don't agree on this one. Uh, team No Name Scott versus Team C Deemer Courtney. I have uh, Team C Deemer continuing. I love that she does not um, ever change her name. I, I, I'm I going to buck the trend. And I'm going to say that Scott has one of his, like, freak, insane go-off weeks this week. And uh, Courtney losing losing the rock of her, her lineup, Bryce Harper. And a absolute Courtney guy by the way she's had him like seven of the we've only been playing for six years but she's had him for seven years on the in this league <laughs> uh but yeah I I think that's a big blow to her team and I, th- I think she falters here I kind of I have to agree with Jerwin here um I think that uh Scott's team right is playing Courtney yeah Scott yeah okay sorry got lost there I think uh that Scott's team will prevail this week as well. Um, I think Bobby Witt Jr. is really coming into form. Okay, we have uh, the NFTs, Justin, against Demons in the infield, Nate. Uh, I have been singing Nate's praises on the podcast, and I'm going to continue to sing Nate's praises, the Demons in the infield. Yeah, I picked uh, the Demons as well here. Yeah, I think Nate wins. I mean, the way Goldie and Jose Ramirez have been playing, it's going to be hard to beat his team. All right. Uh, Sam, weak pullout hitter versus uh, Big Money Mike, who just made this big blockbuster. I uh, I feel like I'm just picking chalk right now, but that's how I really feel. I'm picking weak pullout hitter. Yeah, also went with Sam on this one. Yeah, I gotta go with Sam as well. The best, the best team name for sure in this league. <laughs> and uh, the matchup we're all waiting for: Team Positivity versus As in the Jackpot. I have also been singing Brendan's praises as the new Sam. Um, so I will be taking Brendan and destroying the vibes. Yeah, I've got, I've got myself in this one because. I'm a positive guy. Got to pick myself on this. But I've also got Alex Kirilov and, and Riley Green fresh out of the minors this week. I think they, they break out this week. And 
your boy uh, Brandon Woodruff also coming off the IL and is going to be making two starts. I I, I feel good about uh, nabbing that playoff spot this week with Eddie losing and Brandon also losing. I agree with Jerwin here. I think his team prevails. Um, you kind of took the words right out of my mouth. I have Woodruff in my league as well. Notice that he's starting twice. I think he's starting tonight and then Sunday. And uh, I know I, I was talking about Joey Votto's struggles earlier, but he's always known to go off in the summer months. I think Joey Votto is going to go on a tear here and it starts soon. Okay, well, that does it for this week's uh, matchup predictions. Jerwin, why don't you get us started uh, in the round of the league portion? Sure. So I'll start with the league history fact. I went and found it myself instead of groveling at the feet of Jake and begging him to find me a history fact. Confirming the intense and bloody rivalry between Brendan and myself, our regular season record heading into 2022 was exactly even at four and four. The tie is broken, however, by our singular playoff matchup, which occurred in 2019. After making the playoffs for the first time during the keeper era of our league, I fell victim to the classic Brendan first round upset, losing 592.3 to 503.7. This rivalry has been brewing for years now, and it's about time it became public. Uh, so that's league history fact, league current day facts. Since it is closing in on the end of the month of June, I went and, uh, did my deep dive again. This is, this is twice now. So another month and it'll be officially league tradition as well. So fingers crossed for that. All right. So Jerry's deep dive, June edition, Nick dominates with 1,415.5 points so far in June. 132.7 points ahead of Nate in second with 1282.8. The Andrews brothers dominate on both sides of the ball, being one and two respectively in both hitting and pitching, in addition to their overall marks. The high performance can probably be attributed to the blockbuster trades the Endries teams made, adding names like Aaron Nola, Clayton Kershaw, Julio Urias, Trey Turner, Paul Goldschmidt to their rosters. A lot of big names moving. But how have other buying teams done since their big moves? Starting with a trade on June 6th, Jake has added Kevin Gosman, Craig Kimbrell, Jerickson Profar, Jose Altuve, Andrew Heaney, Chris Brassett, Framber Valdez, Byron Buxton, and Dalton Varsho to his roster. During the relevant scoring periods since that first trade on June 6th, Jake is just sixth in scoring overall while going eighth overall in pitching and fourth in hitting. On the other hand, on June 9th, Jordan began his moves, adding Mookie Betts, Jordan Montgomery, Tyler and and Tyler Anderson to his squad. In that time, he's gone fourth overall in scoring with his pitching and hitting both ranking fifth. So consistency uh, uh, giving you the bump there. 
uh, notable clear seller, quote unquote, Brendan is fifth in scoring since making his moves. And now that we've had that trade, that that fun fact is it gets even spicier. So that's that should be yeah. a fun thing to look for moving forward. Yeah, it's interesting to see what Brendan is able to do. Thank you, Jerwin, for uh, the, the June edition of the Deep Dive and the League History Fact of the Week. Uh, news and notes. Uh, we just got a couple quick uh, quick hits here. Roldis Tappen, who's been on IL with an Achilles injury, is expected to be activated later this week. How do you expect Aaron Boone to manage late-inning high-leverage scenarios with the veteran closer um, slightly struggling before the injury but now coming back? Versus Clay Holmes, who's been one of the top relief pitchers in baseball. I I heard a quote somewhere. I think someone like quoted Aaron Boone on Twitter and said something about Clay Holmes has like earned the closer job, but it was like out of context. So I don't know if that is like someone was asking him like has he earned the job when Araldis comes back? I like. I'm sure the metrics guys are probably like, obviously you start Clay Holmes. Like he's just been good and like let Araldis be set up. But it also like Chapman having been one of the best closers in baseball for years now, it just feels like wrong to see him take the mound in the eighth and then leave. Yeah. I mean, it's seriously been... I mean, granted, he's fallen off a little bit like last year. Um, but I mean, it's been close to 10 years, I feel like. What was it, like 2012, 2013, that he came up and had like that insane score to streak or whatever out of nowhere? Yeah. Um, but I think the, the big news of the week was the huge brawl between the Mariners and Angels. Um, Jerowin's son, Jesse Winker, in the middle of all of it. Um, MLB released their suspensions uh, last night. Just reading through these real quick. Phil Nevin, 10 games. Jesse Winker, 7 games. J.P. Crawford, Anthony Rendon, Dom Chidi, I don't know how to pronounce that, 5 games. Andrew Wants and Ryan Tapera, 3 games. Julio Rodriguez, Raziel Iglesias, Ray Montgomery, Manny Del Campo, 2 games. Bill Hasselman, 1 game. Um, I mean, Nick sent me the, the John Boy video. I mean, the Raziel Glacius throwing the sunflower seeds and the bubble gum was hilarious. Um, I, I, I want your guys' thoughts just real quick. What do, your, what do you guys think about the uh, revenge hitting batters when a star player gets hit or, well, I guess in this case, almost gets hit? Go ahead, Jared. You can go first. Yeah. Uh, unwritten baseball rules are weird. And I I watched the John Boy breakdown too. And, you know, it, it, it feels like, like, why are we doing this? I'm, I'm obviously Jesse Winker did nothing wrong and I'm starting him this week. So please let him play. Uh, But I, I I don't know. I kind of side with the Mariners, like, being upset that they're getting thrown at like maybe uh, like unless they were actually trying to throw a trout instead of like oh it was an accident and he just like shouldn't have been pitching up and in when he didn't have his command 
it, it, it makes it seem like their the Mariners reaction makes it seem like that was the case more than they were actually trying to throw at people. But yeah, I mean, they, they threw at Julio Rodriguez first and then they kept throwing at the next guy. I think he was two batters later. Yeah. That's the Jesse thing that Winker. I thought was odd. I mean, they had their chance. I mean, they, they wanted to throw at Julio Rodriguez and missed. At that point, you just got to let it go that you missed. Um, yeah. Like, but. it's at some point, it just becomes petty and not like this is unwritten rules of baseball. Like, it, it, go, it gets past that at some point, and it just becomes like, why are we doing this now? Yeah, I, I don't know. This is a tough. It's tough because I feel like there's been a shift in this dynamic, um, even just within the last decade. I mean, you guys probably remember when Chapman hit McCutcheon 10 years ago in 2012. Um, and then when Randall Delgado in 2014, uh, I think after um, the Pirates hit Goldie and Goldie was out for the year, I think with a broken hand for the Diamondbacks back then. I, I mean, remember that. Yeah. There was retaliation back then. I feel like nowadays um, you don't see as much like if a player flips a bat, um, they it's not like they get beamed in their next at bat anymore. I feel like that's, that doesn't happen as much within the last few years. Um, I also saw, saw the John Boy video, and I think the fact that the the reason why I threw up and in the trout was because um, Justin Upton was hit in the head, I think, the weekend prior to that. And Justin Upton was actually hit in the helmet. And that was the chance where the Mariners could have hit Trout. Um, but they didn't. I, I feel like that was enough retaliation. I think the fact that the Angels escalated it further by – throwing at Julio Rodriguez again. And we don't know if the Winker one was intentional or not, but I think I agree with you, Jerry, when I think the Angels were more in the wrong here. I feel like Phil Nevin's a pretty old school manager for the um, Angels, but maybe he was just trying to fire out their team um, because they've only been playing 500 since their 14-game losing streak. And I feel like just the organization in general, the fan base is pretty frustrated uh, wasting these years of Trout and Otani and just seeing the Astros run away with the AL West again so maybe maybe they just did to rally up the team we'll see where the Angels go from here yeah um so I guess to finish up this episode um yesterday the next update of All-Star Ballots was released was there anyone that you guys um saw on there that you don't think belonged or any shocking ones to you I mean I feel like normally I'm like, oh, why is that? What's that guy doing there? But I feel like so far the fans have gotten it right. I mean, there's no just looking through the list here. I don't really see anyone that's not arguably the best of their position. Yeah, um, I don't think there's anyone like that's um, agreed just by any means. I, I feel like the NL is maybe slightly better than the American League just because the Blue Jays have really turned out in voting this year. Um, if I did have to maybe make one change, I would probably put Tim Tim Anderson ahead of Bill Bichette at shortstop for the AL. But it's I, it's hard because I, I'm not sure if Tim Anderson's still out, but him being hurt, I think definitely uh, hurt him right whenever the all-star voting came out. Um, that's true. My biggest shock, and I guess this was, isn't really a shock, but AL catcher Alejandro Kirk has over double the number of votes is second place, Jose Trevino for the Yankees. I thought, like, 
seeing that was just insane. I mean, all these other races are relatively close, but then that other one, he's literally doubled up. Yeah, I guess I guess Canada loves Alejandro Kirk, so he's having a great year. He deserves it. Um, I know they're doing the phase two voting where, assuming Aaron Judge holds on to the leading vote getter in the AL, it looks like Alejandro Kirk will go into another vote off with Jose Trevino if the current standings hold. Yeah, but yeah, I'd, I'd love for Kirk to start the AL, uh, like starting be in the starting lineup for the AL as catcher. I, I I enjoy sometimes like when the All Star break comes up. It's interesting to me seeing like how fantasy and real baseball differ ever so slightly every once in a while. Like third in outfielders right now is Jock Peterson, and he's like a waiver guy in fantasy. But like in real life, he is having a pretty good year. Especially for like Jock Peterson standards. Yeah, I agree. Ahead yeah. of guys like Starling Marte. Starling Marte has been okay in fantasy, but ahead of Juan Soto, again, not not having his best year, but in fantasy better than Jock Peterson. It's it's just interesting seeing seeing the things that are like obviously defense probably plays a lot more into this too, which doesn't count at all in fantasy. So That's it's, it's just interesting to look at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah well, I, just... I think that that wraps up uh, this week's episode of the best player wins podcast. Any, any uh, departing words before we head out? Uh, I just wanted to say, oh, go ahead, Jaron. No, you go ahead. I just wanted to say it was an honor to be on this podcast. Uh, thank you, Jaron, Jordan, and, everyone else in this league for letting me come on uh i had a lot of fun and i wish you all the best of luck uh in the remainder of the season and beyond so thank you guys again yeah totally super great blast that was a fun sentence to say out loud uh yeah this was this was a good time always love doing the chaos episode look forward to listening to it later myself because only weird people don't listen to the episodes they're on well that wraps it up i believe jake is still looking for a friend to record next week's episode so if you're interested in hopping on with him uh shoot him a text if not um you know thank you guys for having us on thank you nate and jake and eddie nate i hope you're enjoying your vacation um but that's all we got for this week talk to you guys later